Hello and welcome to Eddie and Matt. I'll get their coverage. Today we're going to be looking at a few things from week five and then giving our week six predictions. <clears throat> Unfortunately, we couldn't get together this week and record, so we're recording our section separately. We're going to start off with Eddie and his week five uh, review. Hello, guys. I'm just going to get straight into some reviews of three different games from last week. The first case, the game I'm going to cover is the Rams at the Seahawks. Now, I did discuss during my predictions that I thought the Seahawks were going to take the win. They were going to be able to stop the run against the Rams and that they'd be able to um, attack themselves by using the run and taking advantage of the, I wouldn't say shoddy defending, but, you know, there was some openings shown by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the Seahawks, to an extent, did manage to do that. But what the thing that impressed me most about the game was Jared Goff and his aerial attack. I thought that the Rams' run game looked pretty poor, which I expected just because of how good the defence for the Seahawks is. Um, but the 395 yards through the air that um, Jared Goff did were amazing. I mean, Cooper Cup were his main target going over 100 yards in that game. And, you know, they the actually looked really good when the ball was in the air. I thought they won probably Jared Goff's better games I've ever seen him have. But what I did notice was, on the other side of the ball, is Russell, Russell Wilson is having an MVP caliber season. He threw four touchdowns on 130 less yards than Goff threw in that game, which just shows the efficiency of the offense. Honestly, I think some of the throws he's been making recently and some of the things he's been doing have been absolutely amazing. Um, the the game itself, like I say, it was, it could tell a divisional game or a hard-hitting game. You know, they're trying to get to the quarterback. Russell Wilson's an hard guy to get to. He's just playing lights out football. Um, it was a tough, tough game. And it looked like the Rams were going to steal it right at the end. And then Greg the leg, unfortunately for him, missed the kick. But I guess it's partly due to the fact that the home crowd were buoyed by the fact that they've seen the team playing pretty well, seen Russell Wilson playing pretty well. They really wanted to put off the Rams. They were leading at that point. And then... Yeah, the uh, usually, um, you know, money guy, Greg Zerline, missed the kick, which pretty disappointing for the Rams. I am thinking that the Rams might have a bounce back at some point. I just think, you know, they've they've done well for the first few games. They've managed to grab wins um, where they could. They've fought hard. They're an experienced team, but it's just the divisions isn't amazing, but it's like... Every team's decent. Every team seems to be a slog for them. But yeah, the big key takeaways from the game were that Jared Goff had an excellent game but still couldn't get the win. And Russell Wilson's playing at an MVP calibre. He's carrying the Seahawks offence. There's no one on that team who's elite other than himself. The O-line's not elite, the winning game's not elite, the receiver's not elite. So, you know, Russell Wilson's absolutely killing it. The next game I'm going to talk about is the Browns at the 49ers. Now, this game, um, again, I expected it to be a pretty decent uh, a decent contest. However, I was completely wrong in that respect. Um, I did think the, the 49ers would be able to take the win. I thought that Shanahan would scheme it up to be able to confuse the Browns' really good offence. But also, I expected the 49ers' defence to really get to Baker Mayfield. And on that side of things, I was absolutely correct. Because, you know, Nick Bosa were in Baker Mayfield's head from very early on in the game. 
Richard Sherman managed to get an interception. There was another interception from a deflected ball that was thrown to Antonio Callaway. Personally, you can say, oh, he should have really had that ball. But it was low and to the right. The guy had just got re-signed by the team, I believe. He's dropped down to get to it. He's deflected and it's gone to the other player. The guy was wide open. Why are you putting the ball in that position anyway? I get that you're, oh, you've got to anticipate a defender coming, but if he'd have got that into his body... There's no way anyone were going to get to it before him and he'd have been on a touchline. So I think the blame there is pretty evenly shared because that wouldn't have been intercepted if it had been a better place ball. I don't think. And probably would have been a TD. Um, what I did notice early on, it was something I thought was very smart when I was watching, is the Browns tried to be creative straight away. They tried using some trick plays to, you know, confuse the defence and probably trying to get themselves in front because I thought the defence would be able to hold off the 49ers at least a little bit. And basically, you know, they moved down the field a little bit, but eventually stalled. That's a good 49ers defence, good linebackers, good front four. And it's it really, really upset Baker Mayfield. And I think that was just the tail of the game. He just he couldn't get anything going. And when he tried to get something going, you know, his O-line, just <clears throat> it's not a, a good pass protection O-line. I thought Nick Chubb looked good in flashes. I thought that, you know... The Browns' defence, it wasn't good, especially not against the run. But it wasn't terrible. They still got a couple of sacks. They still got a couple of stops. But, I mean, you've got to look. Bobby Gold missed three kicks there. That could have been a 40-3 40, 40 win for the 49ers against Browns, who just destroyed the Ravens last week. But, like I say, I knew that Shanahan would scheme up to confuse the defence and get some points. I didn't expect him to be able to get, like, 200-plus yards with... In total, with two two of his running backs, I think Matt Breeder is looking like one of the best free agent, well, undrafted free agent pickups in a, a long time. Three seasons of him always playing pretty well. Uh, Tevin Coleman looked good. He managed to get ninety plus yards and a touchdown. Jimmy Garoppolo did what he had to do. I don't think he threw an interception. Baker actually threw two again, and I think if you're a Browns fan, you've got to think to yourself. If you're playing anyone with a pass rush, you're going to be in trouble. And the fact that they went straight to you know, the trick plays showed that they probably didn't have that much confidence in their offense straight away. And that's not something that you want that early on. Especially considering that you're playing against a team that's, yeah, they were 3-0 and at the time. But who had they really played? But... We'll see what happens. Baker Mayfield seems to have talked himself into a corner, caused himself a lot of trouble, but you know, I think he's got enough confidence to bounce back and he probably could do. We'll soon find out there. And the last game I covered, which is going to be a shock to no one, is the Vikings at the Giants. Now, I'm a passionate fan when I watch the Vikings, and as you can imagine... If anything starts to go even a little bit awry, it gets a bit tense in my household. But one thing that never causes me that much tension, or hasn't at least that se- this season, has been how good the defence has been playing. Some of the football they've played this season has been absolutely fantastic. You know, the only knock I have on them is the amount of penalties that they've conceded. It's killing some excellent defensive play. If they could take the penalties out, you know, they could have slowed down and stopped so many other things that have happened. They'd probably have a good 20% less yards on them. I think Harrison Smith's playing, you know, absolutely excellently. He's, he's like a janitor. Anything that's built or anything that's messed up, he seems to be there for. 
or at least attempting to get there for. I think both defensive ends, Daniel Hunter and Everson Griffin, are playing at a Pro Bowl level. I think Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks are doing the same. I think they've been lights out when they played. And I think you can see Mike Hughes. He had his first game back. He looked a bit slow, looked a bit tentative. And then I think this game, it was close to two interceptions during the game. I think he played absolutely fantastic. I think he's going to end up being our number one corner very, very soon. And it's good to see that he's on mend and playing good football. Um, another thing with the defence that I've noticed as well, well, it's not really noticed, I know, is we conceded like 24 points against us um, in last quarter against a second string defence. Now, when you put that into perspective, our first team defence has only conceded 52 points when you look at it like that. And that would have made them second in NFL with um, playing much better offences than the team that's got the best defence, which is the Patriots. I mean, the offences that the Patriots have played against, like Redskins, Steelers when they were poor, um, the the uh, New York Jets who were poor, and the Bills, who they're not a poor team in total, but their offence doesn't put up a lot of numbers usually. And, you know, 30-odd points for the Patriots conceded against is still really, really impressive. But I think you put the Vikings in those games, and the Vikings play like they have played against some of these teams... It'd be a very similar situation. Um, the offense did exactly what it needs to be doing. They used play action pass and Kirk will fine. Did the job he should be doing. Um, I'm not going to start singing his praises too much because we're going to see what he is when he plays against a good team. Um, playing against a Giants team that's de- depleted at the linebackers. The secondary is young and not particularly great, and the pass rush isn't particularly great. So our O line looks all right. Dalvin Cook, they tried to stop him, but the guy's a monster. Managed to break through a few arm tackles, get yards that he needed to get. Missed out on his um, on his illustrious uh, fifth touchdown in a row. But um, I think, no, no, it's not fifth in a row. It would have been his fourth for the season. But uh, a fumble at the second yard line because Jibreel Peppers punched the ball out of his hand. And what I did notice for the first half, Jibreel Peppers played some excellent football for Giants. He looked really good at safety. And he seemed to be the main stopping point for Darwin Cook. I think if he hadn't been playing, Dalvin would have been even better. But Jabril Peppers kept him in check, which is a bit of a surprise, to be honest. And I think a lot of that's down to the fact that he can read running backs pretty well because he used to be one himself. Uh, like I said, Kirk Cousins' play action was pretty good. He hit digs on a couple of good shots. He got feel on a couple of good shots. They were dumping ball off when he needed to dump ball off to you know Darwin Cook, who managed to escape and make some yards. But one thing I will say, there was times where he did a dump off or he did a certain pass where he had guys who were open on the second read, potentially a third read, who could have made some serious yards after catch. But instead of, you know, and he had the time to do it, instead of making those passes, he went for, right, this is what I need to do, boom, and did it. And there were also quite a number of times in that game where we took field, well, I think three or four times we took field goals where we could have took touchdowns but the offense wasn't effective enough that game should have been 40 to 10 and if Xavier Rhodes the only real smudge on the defensive you know resume if he could have managed to stop Darius Slayton um, with his touchdown it could have been an even more impressive game it was nice to see that Zimmer had enough respect for Pat Sherman not to put any more points on board in the end of the game and he really did take his foot off gas and it did finish up 28-10, but it could easily have been 40-plus to 10. 
an all right all round performance. But again, you're playing against a Giants team that's only two and two because they've got a new quarterback in, which, as sad as it is to say, it's, it's true. As a Vikings fan, I would love to see us kick on, start doing a little bit better. But, you know, we'll see. We've got the Eagles next week at home. It's a massive game. If they can do that, then, you know, what else can we hope? And on to Matt. Okay, thanks, Eddie, uh, for his reviews of week six there. Uh, my games I looked at were the um, the Bucks and Saints. Um after a stuttering start, Teddy Bridgewater looks like a more assured quarterback. Um, after three starts, his pass completions are increasing. Um, his six TDs to two interceptions. Uh, his yards per pass are increasing game on game. <clears throat> and his passer rating is 100 plus from those three starts. Uh, most important start of all is 3 0 from three starts. Um, the offensive line is still very good. The run game is still very good. The defense is still very good. Uh, managing to keep the books under three hundred yards in total offense, where Winston only completed fifteen out of his twenty-seven passes, and has sacked him six times, uh, and seventy yards of those three hundred total offensive yards came in the last sixty seconds of the game on a touchdown drive that made the game look a um, a lot closer than it should have been. Uh, I think it's going to be big. Game for the books next week again. Or this week, sorry, against the uh, the Panthers in London. We'll be inter- I'll go into that a little bit later on. And um, yeah, the Saints are going to march on, I think, again. Uh, okay, well, the next game we looked at was the uh, the Chicago Bears against the London Raiders. Um, if I were wearing a hat, I'd take it off to Chucky. Uh, it's planned at the beginning of the game uh, for the no huddle for the first open, for the opening drive, or the opening, opening quarter, opening half. Uh, just kept the, the Bears on the back foot. It was an excellent plan and executed really well. Um, they got off to a red-hot start, uh, were solid defensively and owned the Bears for that first half. Um, it, they should have had points off the first drive if it hadn't been for that uh, 15-yard uh, personal foul. Uh, I think it was a necessary roughness from Richie Incognito. That would have, that knocked him out of field goal range, also killed the drive. Um yeah, they should have had points off that first drive, so they should have been moving more ahead in the first half. <coughs> um, where are we? Yeah, it seemed that the second half, the Bears ran up 21 points in the third quarter, but then they, ran, they seemed to run out of gas on offence. Uh, the Raiders' defence found their second win, and Derek Carr, with the, with the help of a, a rough in the punt, a foul, and a fake punt, leads uh, Raiders on a 98-yard touchdown drive, kept by a two-yard Superman dive. By the amazing rookie Josh Jacobs, uh, Chase Daniel Flores picked to the Raiders and they run the clock out and that run, run, run down to thirty seconds. Then only defense again and game over. Uh, one of the one of the contributing factors for me personally for this game is preparation. The Raiders flew straight over after the Colts win, um, and the Bears didn't come over all Friday. For me, this is a no brainer. You get here early, um, you get over jet lag and get into a you get into your routine. Or you're shooting yourself in the foot. It's a stupid move. I think. I think the 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 Panthers got here on Wednesday. I'm not sure when the books got over here, but that could be another contributing factor, uh, for this week's games. And that's my review of weeks. It's only a short one. Uh, I don't go into as much depth as Eddie because he's got more time on his hands. <laughs> right. So moving now on to week six predictions. Eddie's gonna go first. Over to you, big fella. 
And back on with the predictions. Well, I did want a better week this week than uh, sorry last week on the weeks before. I did a couple of bad weeks in a row after my fourteen and two masterclass, and I thought I won for it again this week. I thought after the early games, I was flying. I think the only misses I had were the Saints. Shock! I always pick the Saints to lose. No idea why. Probably because I'm an idiot. And the Vikings to lose, but I think we all know that. I didn't actually think the Vikings would lose that game. So I thought, all oh, right, we're going to these evening games, and I was very confident that the the Cowboys would beat the Packers because they were at home. I was very confident that the Chiefs would beat the Colts because the Colts had just been beat by the Raiders, and the Chiefs are the Chiefs. Pardon me. And I was quite confident that the Chargers would be able to get a you know, a get right win, and managed to beat the Broncos. Well, turns out I was pretty wrong. I ended up going ten and five, which is my best week since. My uh, my one good week, so I can't really grumble too much. Some good insights, I think, if uh, any of the guys have listened, have heard them. But yeah, on to this week, and hopefully, um, you know, I'll know what I'm talking about again. You never know. So, first up, the Giants at the Patriots. Now, I'm going to pick the Patriots here. Um, it's going to be closer than expected this game. But the Patriots defence should key in on what Jones has, what Jones can and can't do. And seeing what the Vikings did to keep him quiet, I think Belichick will be able to expand upon that. And there are some more creative, creative wrinkles in there to beat him. I expect run pass, you know, will will be big on their offence. They'll definitely pout ball into get and then get Edelman and Dorsett space and time to make splash plays. I think it'll be closer than expected, but I do think Patriots will be leading for a lot of it, and Giants will basically just start pulling it close in the end. Now, I'm going to give scores for every game, but my scores are awful. But I'm going to go Patriots 30, Giants 27. Game 2, the Panthers at the books. Now, this is another close game. I'm going to go with the Panthers here, but mainly due to the injuries on the books O-line. One half of this line's injured, and I think that with how good the Panthers' defence is getting, that pass rush is getting better and better, the secondaries look good all season. I think they're going to make it tough for Winston, they're going to force him into making some mistakes. I know usually he makes quite a lot, but he has cleaned up his game a lot under Bruce Arians. But I think the added pressure could force him to give away ball quite a lot. And I think Christian McAfee, although he's going to be kept pretty quiet because of the D-line in the books, it's very big, it's hard to run against. I think he will get a lot of the balls in the backfield. I think he will be there for the chunk plays, and Kyle Allen could push his Panthers career on to, a, I think, 4-0, maybe 5-0 now. Uh, I'm going to go Panthers 22, Buccaneers 16, although it would not surprise me if it were completely different. Next up, Redskins at Miami. Now, we're all losers when it comes to this game. I like the unpredictability, which is going to be what it's like here, and I think the most unpredictable thing is going to be, we've seen four games of Miami now. We know what they can and we know what they can't do. We know what the coach is good at. We know what the coaches can't get out of the team. And with the Redskins, we're not going to know anything. It's a completely new head coach. We don't know what they're going to throw in. We don't know what wrinkles are going to have. They're going, they're, you know, the front office is going to be like, look, go in there and get a win and make it look like Jay Gruden with a problem. Which I think anybody watching football knows it's definitely not Jay Gruden that with a problem. The franchise has been in disarray for a long time. I think it's going to be a awful game. I think the Redskins are going to win it, twenty to ten. Um, 
not a great deal of insight other than the fact that the Washington um Washington's D line's very good. So it'll be hard to run against, but don't mean they won't. And I think they'll be able to try and get to Rosen quite a lot, which could cause some issues. And yeah, but yeah, I fancy the Redskins in that game. But it's losable, isn't it? So out could happen. Next up, Eagles at the Vikings. Now, we all know I'm picking Eagles. I do it every week. I pick it against the Vikings. Um, I think it's tough, in a way, to pick. Cause, I mean, I always pick against Vikings, but in all seriousness, it's a tough game for for both teams. The Eagles are good, but they're, I think a fully-powered Eagles is a lot more scary than what they are now, but they're still scary. Um. It's a winning team. Kirk Cousins is playing against a winning team. It just shows he can't do it. Um, the D-line of the Eagles is going to cause horrors for Vikings O-line, which is going to cause horrors for Kirk Cousins. So, you know, I think it's going to be a 31-17 win to the Eagles, sadly. Next up is the Texans at the Chiefs. Tough again. Chiefs are a better team, but they've got some injury issues. I think the Houston D-line is good enough to get some homes. Um, you know, but... He's, he's an excellent player. It's going to be an high-scoring shock win for the Texans, I think. I can see Hopkins getting off now. I think people are going to start giving a bit more attention to Fuller after his massive week last week. And I think it's going to be a close. But Texans win 33-30 to 30 against the Chiefs. Next up is Saints at Jags. Jesus, the Saints have done excellent based on, you know, what we all expected them to. I mean, their D and the stubborn, methodical offense has been brilliant. The Jags have got a scary defense, although it is missing uh, a certain Jalen Ramsey. And I think Gardner Minshew looks like he's getting himself more and more confident. However, I do see Saints slowing him down enough uh, and Teddy and Co. to chip away and win. Saints 24, Jags 14. Seahawks at Browns is... I mean, Browns seem to struggle at home. Pete Carroll's experience could help beat out Kitchens, you know, early on. He's early in his career. I think Wilson's playing great. I think Metcalf could eat here because the Browns' small secondary and it's not doing great at the minute. I'm going to go <coughs> Seahawks 28, Browns 10. A big win for the Seahawks. And another... Boatload of questions for Baker Mayfield and Foxworth. And the next one is the Bengals versus the Ravens. Now, if you look in history, the Bengals caused the Ravens quite a lot of issues. But I think it'll be closer than people think this game. I think Ravens are going to take it. I think it's, you know, Tyler Boyd's going to be feeding off Dalton, but the Ravens will be good enough to stop him from doing too much. I know the secondaries looked a bit poor, surprisingly, for the Ravens, because I thought we were going to be one of the best secondaries in football, and it turns out, <laughs> couldn't have been more wrong. But um, I don't think the big players are going to be that often. And I think the Ravens are going to pound ball and use the speed on, you know, offence to cause issues for Bengals. I think they're going to run around after Lamar, and they're going to eventually tire, and balls are going to get pounded in. I'm going Ravens 36, Bengals 21. Next up is the 49ers versus the Rams. Now, the Rams aren't perfect at the minute, but the pass game is popping, and that's what the 49ers are going to struggle with. I mean, Niners D will bring pressure, 
and Shanahan will scheme some favourable plays. But I think the Rams are going to win a divisional war. I think it's going to be a tough, tough game. And I think, <clears throat> although defence is going to be able to get to Goff every now and again, and I think that the, you know, I think the secondary of the 49ers is the weakest part of the defence, and that's what they're going to try and expose. And I think it's going to be 24-20 to Rams. Next up is the Falcons versus the Cards. Yeesh! Another tough pick between poor teams. I'm going to take the Cards as they're the home team, coming off a win. Good young wide receivers and an evasive dual-threat quarterback. I mean, it's against the depleted Falcons who, you know, they're going to be reeling, they're going to be tired. And I think it's going to be high scoring again. I think Falcons 32, Cards 42. So a massive scoring game, but it's not going to be pretty. And then we've got Cowboys versus Jets. I mean, you've got to think this is a get-right game for Cowboys. A weakened Jets team and a team starting to feel the pressure of two consecutive losses. The Jets don't really have enough on offence or defence to stop Cowboys. And a big get-right win for them boys is going to be coming. I think Sam Darnold coming back, <clears throat> I'm not sure how good that's going to be. He could still be a bit ill. I think it should be a massive win for Cowboys, 47-14. to 14. Next is the Titans versus the Broncos. Now, it's tough to pick with two defensive teams. I think Titans have been low scoring, and I can't see it changing against Broncos. But Broncos have shown patience and that they've got elusive, you know, they can be, you know, got their elusive first win. Philip Lims is a good running back. Manuel Sanders and Colton Sutton are good receivers. And Joe Flacco can hit people when he needs to. No, Fant's a good player as well. He can get ball. This will be another low scoring game, and I think it's going to be Broncos 18 to Titans 14. And a lot of issues with Titans offense again. Next up, Steelers versus Chargers. Now, Steelers' defense is keeping them in games. The offense is poor, but they can do enough. The Chargers are a bit of a miss and very hurt, but very dangerous. I mean, you can say Steelers very hurt, but they lost two of the quarterbacks. But I just think Steelers are going to pull it off with some defensive scheme. I think they're going to be able to stop the Chargers, keep the ball pretty, you know, pretty long time. They can run ball into Chargers' defense. It's not great against run and just. I think they're going to be able to get up, get up early and chip away, and stop Philip Rivers from being able to do what he wants to do. Keep him in pocket, keep him contained, and stop him from getting ball to his receivers. I think it's going to be twenty-one seventeen Steelers. Lions Packers is the next up now. Lions love to run the ball, and they'll be able to do it here. I think Packers the only time they look weak is when they're getting run against well, and although Patricia's you know. Had a week or so to scheme it up. I do think they're gonna be they're gonna be able to do some stuff on offense and defense against them. But I just think there's enough there for for Patricia to you know have a few wrinkles in his game plan that's gonna cause Aaron Rodgers issues. And I think if the Lions can get up early, it could be a big big win for him. And I think Lions are gonna to manage to grab this one. 30-24. But be warned, I am 1-4 when we pick swap backers, so, you know, I'm not the best person to be listening to. Bloody hell, I've got four games already. I can't believe I've already finished. I'm just going to double check. I'm going to pick 14 games here. 
I may be missing one. I'll just have to have a gander for you. Don't worry, it won't be too long. I'm so professional. Working on the fly. It's not my fault, it's NFL.com's fault. No, it's alright. I've got 14 games this week. It's not me being an idiot. I didn't realise we were four teams off. I'm sure you all enjoyed that little break at the end of the podcast. Sorry about that, guys. But yeah, um, as I said... So, quick rundown of teams I've picked in reverse order. Lions beat Packers, Steelers beat Chargers, Broncos beat Titans, Cowboys beat Jets, Cards beat Falcons, Rams beat 49ers, Ravens beat Bengals. I need to turn the page because I'm not very technologically savvy, so I'm on the laptop. Seahawks beat Browns, Saints beat Jags, Texans beat Chiefs, Eagles beat Vikings, Redskins beat Miami, Panthers beat Bucks. And Patriots beat the Giants. Hopefully a nice steady 14 in there, guys. Um, yep, now on to Matt's predictions, which hopefully aren't right for a start. Or aren't exactly the same as me. Or both. More technically correct. See you all, guys, next week. Okay, cheers for Eddie's predictions there. Um, my week's six predictions go like this. We've got the Giants at the Patriots. Still, Shepard's out, Saquon Barker's out, Patriots win. And it's simple as. Um, next game is, is the game in London. It's the uh, the Panthers against the Buccaneers. <coughs> Christian McCaffrey is not a human being. Um, their defence has been okay. Uh, Kyle looks like he's like a backup. Like he's, he's starting to look like he's a backup quarterback now. Uh, he's not out with his receivers dropping some sitters. Uh, the Bucks struggled last week against the Saint, a good Saints defence. Panthers are as good on defence, but should have enough to slow Jameis Winston and company down. So I'm going to go with the Panthers win. Uh, Eagles and Vikings. Vikings have been excellent at home. Uh, Eagles are struggling to move the ball. and I mean, they still put the 31 points on the Jets, but 17 points of those were off, were off field goals, a pick six and a fumble return. Um, I know the Eagles are a winning team and the Vikings don't have a... Uh, Kirk Cousin doesn't <coughs> win against winning teams. But I think, despite the Eagles' robust defensive line, which is going to give the Vikings' defensive line some fits, I still think the Vikings are just, just have enough to beat them. It's going to be a close game, but it's going to be a Vikings win. Uh, ever the optimist. Okay, uh, Redskins and Dolphins, 0-5 versus 0-4. Despite Jay Gruden getting fired, uh, the Redskins are going to break the duck against the Dolphins. Uh, I don't think it's going to be because they've got rid of Jay Gruden. <clears throat> I mean, that team, the organisation, sorry, from the, from the top up is an absolute mess. They've got some good good defensive players. The, the Dolphins are trying, obviously, to... Not obviously, but they can't say it officially, but it looks like they're, they're trying to get them one pick next year. Um, yeah, I think the Redskins are going to do enough to win that. Um, Texans at Chiefs Texans whipped a hapless Falcons but also shipped 30 point, 32 points doing so Chiefs have a better defence and I expect they'll have a, a bounce back game from the from the Colts defeat so the Chiefs win 
Um, Saints of Jags. I like the Jags, but they're coming off a, a Christian McCaffrey enema. Um, they have been inconsistent so far, um, to say the least. They're not winning through defence, they're winning through offence. Um, the run game's going okay. Gardner Minshew keeps them in games. It's going to be possibly closer than a lot of people think because the Saints have been, have been like I said, mentioned in my review of the, uh, the Saints game. They've been better and better, better week on week since Teddy's been the starter. Um, yeah, they've got oh, that's a three-game winning streak and with that momentum added with Teddy looking like he's in command of that Saints offense finally, uh, makes me pick the Saints in a close one. Uh, Seahawks at Browns. Browns are an enigma at the moment. Uh, good D, strong runners, good receivers. Baker Mayfield's not a terrible quarterback, uh, but he's struggling at the moment, and the O-line can't protect him, which is a bad combination, especially coming against the Seahawks, which aren't the Legion of Boom anymore, but they've still got excellent defensive pieces. They did enough against the Rams last week, and I think they'll do more than enough this week to beat the Browns. Uh, Bengals and Ravens. Ravens win. I'm not going to get into that one because the Bengals stink. Um... 49ers at Rams. 49ers have lost uh, their fullback, Cal Juszczyk, uh, for a few weeks. He's got a torn MCL, which it's going to reduce their offensive options. But I still fancy them to um, win over the Rams. <coughs> they don't like the they do look like the Rams don't look like a real deal at the moment. Last season they were all conquering, and they have suffering from a, from a an almighty Super Bowl hangover. It's for a cliche for you there. Um, Yes, Sean McVay is very good and he knows um, Shanahan well. But it's the other way. Also, Shanahan knows him well. The I think that, that defensive line from the 49ers is going to just cream the uh, the Rams' offensive line, which has looked ridiculous in a bad way, not in a good way. So, the 49ers win there. <coughs> uh, Falcons at Cards. Uh, Falcons are in a world of hurt. Cards have got one win under the belt, and this could be Dan Quinn's last game in charge. I hope it's not. I don't want to see anyone get fired. But I can see the Cards winning this and Dan Quinn being the next uh, head coach getting fired this season. Um, Cowboys Jets. I fancy the Cowboys to have a bounce back game against this woeful Jets team. I mean, despite the turn return of Sam Darnold, I don't know how much that's going to make a difference because he's not got anybody to throw to. Uh, Chris Erndon. Just he's come back from uh, I think it was suspension, and he's in, he's pulled his hamstring like on uh, last Friday, tr- uh, training on his own, so they haven't got him back. <coughs> so a Cowboys win for me. They're gonna a proper bounce back win. Um, Titans at Broncos. Titans are back to be in the tight zones. Uh, the Broncos have picked up that win. And they're gonna pick up win number two. Um, Steelers and Chargers. Sorry, Steelers at Chargers. Um. Steelers continue to struggle. Uh, Chargers continue to struggle, but I think they will struggle less than the Steelers will. So Chargers win. And Lions and Packers. I hope the Lions win. If the Lions get ahead early, then I think the Packers could potentially go into melt. They're going to self-destruct. But they're at home. And as we've had our opinions about the, the, the Packers at home, they seem to have more of a home field advantage than most. They seem to get some really, really dodgy calls on for them, even on review. <coughs> Says the bit of Vikings fan. 
Um, and after they just slammed the Cowboys last week, which nobody expected, or very few people expected, my heart's saying Lions, but my brain unfortunately is saying Packers. So that's my review for week six. I remember review my positions for week six. Um, next week, we're going to get to, we'll hopefully be, maybe we'll be getting together. Um, we're going to give our third of the season review. A lot of people do quarters and halves, where we're a little bit different, so we're going to do a third of a season review. Um, yeah, we're going, to, we're going to grade each team, not in letters, we're doing numbers, 1 to 10. 10 being really good, 1 being the Miami Dolphins. Um, okay, thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed, uh, if you enjoyed, you can subscribe, review and tell your friends. If not, this has been the Daniel Snyder Guide to Managing a Dumpster Fire. Um you can contact us via email at eddieandmattoktc at gmail.com or we're now on Twitter with the handle at eddie underscore mattoktc. Enjoy week six unless you're an Eagles fan and we'll see you next time.